Hi, welcome once again to the what I believe to be the 21st Leader ro- leader Post. Can't even get the intro right. Geez, you got the number right, but you get the intro leader wrong. Leader Post. Really? Someone, someone once did a spoof of the newspaper. They call it the Leader Roast. Maybe that I'm so scarred by their parody of my column. Anyway, this is the 21st Leader Post Rider Rumblings video podcast. That's Murray McCormick. I'm me. Uh, we're very pleased today to have with us uh, Craig Reynolds. If you're watching this, you know that he's the Saskatchewan Rough Riders president and CEO. Craig, thank you so much for uh, taking some time on this lovely Wednesday to be with us today. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for arranging for the first blizzard of the year. <laughs> well, there's, there's a Dairy Queen across the street if you want a second oh, okay. blizzard second of the blizzard. year. Okay, take care. Um, we're here, of course, to talk about the Foam Lake Panthers. Yes. <laughs> How they're are having they a good season. They're, they're having a very good season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How's their quarterback? Has he been a worthy uh, heir to the throne? Very, very worthy. Yeah. Very worthy. Is that six man football? Uh, it's nine man. It was six man for a bit when I was, um, I think they dropped down six man. It might have been grade 11 or something like that, but it's yeah. generally been nine man football. Yeah. That's fun to watch. Eh? It is fun to watch. Yeah. Six man is terrible though. Cause if you miss one play on defense, it's a touchdown. Yeah. So it's, you have to be, you have to tackle well. I love it when they have provincials and we'll get the results sent in. It'll be uh, <laughs> 79, 76. Yeah. 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 No, defensive crazy. struggle. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Well, Craig, I, I find it interesting with this weather now, and you and I have discussed many times the CFL schedule being moved up a couple weeks this year, you know, and we disagree on that. You know, you've called me a traditionalist. And yeah, Kind of change with the times, but... That's this what kind I publicly of- call you. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed you only have four, you only have two home games in the last six stretches. Is that kind of you thinking of that way the schedule worked out that you're not as home as often as during the so-called challenge well that wasn't thing? necessarily by design I'm, I'm i'm happy and as an organization we're, we're happy about that because it is a challenge like I'll, I'll even use this this monday's game as an example so it's probably the most important game in the standings we've hosted since we opened that stadium the stadium's fantastic we've had tons of sellouts uh the fans have been fantastic um we've got lots going on but we're you know, we've got a couple thousand seats um, to, to sell. And I think with the weather like this, sort of people started looking look at that and sort of saying, you know, it's on TV and those sorts of things. So I, th- I think it's a challenge. I think um, all the Prairie teams seem to be aligned on that at the CFL mm-hmm. level. And so we continue to work that issue because I, I, I personally think it's a it's an important one. I think I think uh, things have changed dramatically just in terms of the quality of television, et cetera, that, um, you know, it's just harder to sell tickets in the, in the, in the winter and, and late fall. What, well, did two, you, sorry, sorry, sorry. what did 2,000 tickets mean unsold? What do they mean to the team? Like, we kind of like, that's 31,000. Montreal and Toronto and a lot of other franchises would kill to have 31,000 people. But if you have 22,000 unsold seats, what, or not there, what does yeah. it mean? Yeah, well, a few things, right? It's just atmosphere. Um, you know, and our, our team feeds off the energy and the atmosphere at the stadium. And, and they love when it's sold out. And it just it's special when it's sold out. I, I, I think back to... You know the game against Ottawa, where we had the lights out game and those lights, yeah, and cool. and we, you know, we got a similar sort of thing going this 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 uh, game where we got thunder sticks and got lots going on. Um, so it's just energy and atmosphere is is, is one. Obviously, there's a massive revenue component to it too. So um, so we miss out on that revenue, and then you miss out on food and beverage, and then and then even for the tickets you've sold, there'll be people that just from the weather choose to watch it at home, and and you know sometimes it's hard to argue with that when it, when the weather's weather's bad. Although we'd love to have them there, um, I understand that when the tv and the couch is calling um so so it impacts you know concessions and merchandise and so there's a big revenue component too but it's it's the atmosphere as well you just don't feel the energy necessarily at the same level um and that's important well you look at this market historically that time of year um the last home playoff game was the west semi-final in in 2013 and i'm sure there's 200,000 people now who brag of being there mm-hmm. but that game wasn't sold out nope. and it was an it was a 
signature game for Darian Duran. Yeah. Eighty-eight, the Riders haven't had a home a playoff game period since seventy-six. They didn't sell that out. Yeah, yeah uh, I think it's ninety-five Grey Cup wasn't sold out. Yeah, no, it's 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 a unique situation, and which is why you know I think we have a compelling argument here. As the games get more important across the league, especially in the prairies, the attendance drops, and that doesn't make sense except for one thing, which is which is weather, right? And so that's that's where the argument comes from. I love November football. I kind of, and I've told you this. I like the way the CFL kind of can own November that that yeah. that four week span where it's playoffs, end of the season playoffs, Great Cup. It builds that time. I kind of wonder with baseball and hockey starting up, we might get a little lost. But I also have to say, and you've mentioned that before, I watch from the comfort of the press box. And I've never been cold in a press box. Oh, sorry, Montreal and Winnipeg have been cold in a press box. So I do I, I do get that I have a little com- comfier life than others and fans sitting there. But I just wanted to, and, just, and we'll get back to football. When they're not, You're not talking about moving, completely eliminating November football. It would just be... A couple weeks. No, not that. necessarily. So they're looking at lots. We're looking at, at the league level. We're looking at lots of scenarios. So there's a scenario where you would host the Great Cup in the first weekend in November, for instance, right? Yeah. Um, so so we're looking at or the second weekend in November and moving up a couple of weeks, which would be two two weeks from where it is now. And then and then you you know you need to look at all all options, which is you know maybe you play it in the last sort of weekend in in October. And I'm talking the Great Cup, which would push the playoffs into uh, this time of year. So um, lots of different options being looked at and uh, i think that when you're going to consider a a major change like this you should look at all the options right um we've talked a little bit about gray cup (laughs) alluded to it a bit i'd be remiss if i didn't ask you about the the recent news this week about uh 2020 what uh what made that year one worth circling as opposed to 2021 or 2019 or you know in somewhere around in in that vicinity yeah no that's a good question and 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 lots of went into it actually um you know first and foremost i think you know we want to showcase the stadium um and those have been there know how fantastic it is and and we continue to get you know as visiting teams come um and and we do tours and those types of things people sort of appreciate what a jewel we have here so we want to showcase that nationally and internationally through through the great cup um because it deserves to be showcased so you don't want to wait too too long um because we opened it last year in 2020 already it would be three years so you don't want to wait too too long um and then the, the, one of the bigger factors is is our anniversary and that tie into our 110th anniversary so the ability to sort of celebrate all year long and then have that culminating with the great cup game and the great cup festival and so we just think we could create a year-long party and the way we sort of thought about it internally is you know, 2013 was so special, and a lot of us special because we were in it and 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 won it. And obviously, that that's like every year that'd be your goal. Um, but it was also when I when we think about how special that was, and then you think about how special 2010 was when we celebrated our hundredth and our centennial. And obviously, a hundredth is a massive milestone, but 110th that's a that's yeah. a milestone as well. So so we're thinking about you know if you combine those two events um, and have a year long celebration, it'd be a pretty special year. So that was that was the major thinking behind it. How many, you've been involved in other, but you involved in the thirteen bid, I think. Yep. And yep. 03, were you still a part of 03? No, I no. hadn't joined the club. Yeah. That was your Foam Lake days. That was, no, was no, quite Foam Lake, but I wasn't, I, I wasn't here. I'm wondering how different the bid process is now, because I, I don't think it was actually a bid. It was just sort of like, I don't understand the difference, but it seems like the bid process, and plus the Great Cup game, Randy said he wants, Randy Abrosi wants to change the game. He wants it like Edmonton spending $12 million on the Great Cup festival, which is just mind-boggling to me. How has the bid process changed, or what's it like? Yeah. I know not, you know, we know the bid is secret, but just yeah, I can't, that. You know, obviously don't want to talk about it too, too much, but it has changed. Um, so it is a true bid 
bid um, process. So I think in the past it was kind of you look at rotations and and you look at how long you hosted the Great Cup and who would be interested and what were these sort of milestone moments. So those things were all factored in, but it wasn't you didn't actually put forth a bid that was necessarily evaluated. You were just awarded the Great Cup, I would say. Now it's a true bid, so you're you're bidding against other other cities um, and other other teams, and so you need to come up with. Um, not only sort of financials and budgets and those types of things, but how are you going to elevate the Great Cup yeah. and how are you going to build on what's happening in Edmonton and then what will happen in Calgary, what happened in Ottawa last year. So so you really have to put some, some good thinking into that and you need to present a compelling case as to why you should be awarded the Great Cup versus another team. Obviously, you're not comparing yourself directly to them, but you're 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 talking about this. So it's it's for us it's it's telling that story so it's telling the 110th anniversary it's telling the quality of uh, the world-class stadium we have and then it's, it's talking about the facilities in regina and and specifically the everest play site so um you know in our in our um research it'd be the first time ever that we'd actually plan to host absolutely every uh, great cup event um on one site where the stadium is so you would go to that great cup festival and you would have everything there and you can do that now with um uh, the facilities they have there with the ITC, the new ITC, which is which is fantastic, and so so unique opportunity. And so it's it's about telling that story, and it's about actually winning winning a, a bid. So um, uh, in terms of the legal evaluate is what's what's elevating that that signature game. It must be kind of fun putting it to the bid because you have such a wide open suggestion. So let's put on a zip line. Sure, that's something we can write down, or let's have a roller coaster or something. You can just because of. Because with Randy, I think with Randy's suggestion that he wants to make the Great Cup the event of Canada, anything is open, isn't it? Any sort of idea? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, it has been fun. And But I think one of the things that's important for us, um, and I mentioned this the other day on the radio, is just the the strength of our bid um, and the strength of our Great Cups in the past, I would say, especially to, I was pretty um, pretty involved in 13 and I saw this firsthand, is the volunteerism that comes out and yeah. the volunteer leadership that comes out and the ideas that come out of that. So. So yeah, we've sat sat around. Smarter people than me have sat around the table uh, right now and come up with some ideas. But we've got even smarter people that we would engage once we were successful. So so I think what we're trying to balance now is yes, let's let's we've got some great ideas that we think might work. Um, so we want to definitely talk about those in the bid. But we also want to talk about our process, which will be engaging uh, volunteer leadership in in this community and in Saskatchewan and they're going to come up with some great ideas because that's what we want them for. They've got their passion about football, their passion about our team and our league, and they'll come up with some neat ideas. When you isolate a year, uh, do you look at it and factor in what the how much competition there might be, how, what the field of interesting interested candidates might be? No, yeah, like I'd be lying if I said no. You know, we <laughs> completely ignore that. So, of course, you, you think about it. But for us, it was around the year. Um, it was the 110th, and it was feeling comfortable as an organization um just organizationally and and where we're at with a stadium so you know you don't want to host it and obviously you don't want to host in your first year because you're just figuring the stadium out you don't even want to host in your second year because you're, you're trying to improve on your stadium experience and you're trying to get the kinks out um the third year you might think about hosting it um, but there's a number of reasons why we just didn't feel like that was the right thing but then by the fourth year yeah we'll be that stadium's already rocking and rolling and it'll be rocking and rolling even more so for us, it was it was the year. It was uh, the 110th, and it was okay. This is where we feel good about where we're at with the stadium. You think back to the years in '95, all the reasons why they, they would say why the Great Cup couldn't come to Regina back then. Not enough hotel rooms. The stadium was inadequate. You know what are they going to do for for the Great Cup festival? And they had a lot of things downtown. 
13, they, we had more hotels mm-hmm. and things accepted. Now you look at 2020, and I, if I'm first to say I get excited, but the Everest place, we have so many hotels now. And we so many hotels. We can, we can accommodate yep. anything. So the stars are aligning, I guess, to say that it should be a successful bid. I know I may be not allowed to share that because I may do the mic drop after that. Whoever wins the Great Cup. Take quarter drop. Retire. Hey, Rob, would that be perfect? I've been advocating for that to occur earlier. <laughs> no, I thought you meant you put retires on my car. I ah. know, I didn't know what you mean to me for me to retire. Sorry. Oh, sorry. That's a bad joke. Anyway, sorry, that was that had nothing to do with us, Craig. Here. No. <laughs> Get I, me out like of I this said mess. before, I, I can't keep up with the banter. I'm just trying to. <laughs> hold lucky my for own you. Here. Anyway, do you want to talk own. some football? Um, sure. Um, that's you're, ostensibly why we're here. You're on the road sun, Saturday or Sunday in Montreal or. Kind of a closer game you might have expected. Were you sitting in the press box and the media box going, "Oh no, what happens if I lose this one? If do you, do you stress over that kind of stuff?" Yeah, it's. I'd be lying again if it, if I just said it wasn't stressful, um, especially this time of year, right? Because you just, you know, um, obviously we remain as an organization as a team focusing on whatever the next game is. But um, but you you know you're looking at the standings and you're looking at the importance of each game and and. So, yeah, it's stressful. You know, the thing I was really proud of, I guess if I can say that, for the team was how they closed the game out, right? They needed two drives offensively to close the game out, and they closed it out. And I think that's been a bit of a theme this year. Like, when we need to close out a game, we've closed out a game. I remember BC, and I felt I was in BC. That was the last road trip I was on as well. So I was in in the stands in BC, and I was watching that, and – and um, and we needed a defensive stop. And I just thought, thought to myself, I wasn't st- stressed out, uh, which was a unique feeling for me because I normally I get quite stressed out. But I just sort of said, I just felt the way our defense was playing. We were just gonna, we were going to have a stop at some point. We were going to make a play and we we're going to get a stop. And then we had that big third down stop and we we closed up the game. And and so similarly in in Montreal, except offensively, you know, we just needed a drive. We needed to grind out a few first downs, and we did. And mm-hmm. and it was great. That was always the question, or at least it had been for a number of weeks. Is could could the team reached the point where it wasn't have, where it wasn't necessary for the offense to be propped up where the offense could actually deliver in a key situation and i think a lot of those concerns have been allayed in the, in the last few weeks and it was kind of building to that point too it wasn't like zach calero suddenly had this amazing game all of a sudden you could see week mm-hmm. by week that maybe a few more lights were starting to to come on is that a fair I summation think of how that offense has evolved very fair and i think that was to me was why I was most excited about seeing was that yeah offensively we closed out a game offensively we played well yeah. the whole the entire game and then we closed that the game the game out like I said when we need to make plays down the stretch we did um and yeah you could see it coming you know and I think it's we have so many new guys on offense and Chris reminds me of that all the time <laughs> just in terms of the number of rookies right and and especially in the receiving core um, and so we've got a lot of young players in the receiving core. Offensive lines, even offensive line, we've got two new starters on the offensive line, new quarterback, new running back, three uh, rookie receivers, and then Josh Stanford hasn't played a, t- a ton. So there's lots of, lots of newness there. So I think it's sometimes when that happens, as you guys know, it takes some time. But it's nice to see them starting to gel and come together a little bit. I think we have to retain these thoughts for maybe next year when we go through August, July and August when things are struggling and they're looking two and four and the world is ending, remembering that, Somehow Chris Jones gives them the build, and it's not a sprint. It's a marathon of getting through the season, and, and maybe in the summer when Rob is panicking, writing a thousand words on everything they should blow up and I'm, I'm reducing again. them to a thousand words. <laughs> That's exactly what I say, Murray. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a long season, Rob. <laughs> it's a long column, yeah. too. <laughs> so, yeah, Rob takes it day by day. He doesn't look at the big picture. Yeah, he does yeah. look at the big picture, but... That's what I'm always amazed because when we get to this point, at least the last couple of years, that holy smokes, back when we were panicking in August, it's a process to get to this pro- to this 
part of the season, and maybe that's what the Riders have done. As you said, the young receivers and young receiving court coming together because guys like Jordan Williams, Lambert, and Shaq Evans, and uh, uh, Kyron Moore have really mm-hmm. been standing out, and those are guys that you know they're bringing along. So maybe yeah. patience is a word in Saskatchewan. Can we use that? Is that a four-letter word in Saskatchewan? Around right? here, yep. <laughs> yeah, not when it comes to the Riders, no. And but yeah, you, you definitely you don't want to be playing your best football in july and august and then tailing it off near the end of the Jeez, year is that calgary yeah. <laughs> well not necessarily but you don't, you don't want that right you want to be building and we had the same thing last year we were playing our best football down the stretch and we had the same sort of initial sort of um you know i don't want to say struggles but we had some challenges sort of early season mid-season there um but we started it started to come together and we started gelling similar things this year and actually it was it was you know talking with chris in the off season he wanted to prevent that um he sort of said we need to make sure that those we don't you know those early games we're winning those early games because they come back to bite you in terms of standings right and i think you know we all can look at a a couple games where that that's very very true but on the flip side uh when we just talked about it specifically offensively we had lots of change and so when you have that much change you're generally not going to come out of the gates necessarily where you might uh, finish if you have the right uh guys in the change I mean, this is a year where I think a lot of people and quite reasonably expected this plan to come to fruition. And, and I wonder if that fostered some of the early season mm-hmm. oh, for sure. um, apprehensions or whatever that were being felt by the fans or even by a cranky columnist. But interna- internally, when the team gets off to a rough start in a year where you're one play, coming off a season in which you're one play shy of getting to the Grey Cup and it's year three and, and then there's a loss to Montreal, and mm-hmm. et cetera. What, what was it like say in 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 august when the team is in that situation what's going through your head then well i i think honest honestly i there's still a confidence and i think it's because we had um you know and we talk about it obviously um that's important to talk about it but i think there was a lot of things that um we all understood um that were going on including some key injuries um and and so those are massive factors, including the the youth and the and some of the newness and the length of time that was going to take um, for um, things. And then you know even just the strategy, like we knew that um, defensively we were going to be in in the games, um, most games, as we sort of waited for a injuries and b some of the some of the new guys to sort of develop. And you know they those the, the players that are on the field or that made the team, you know, just given the level. Of talent that chris has been able to assemble they're on the team for a reason um but but yet they're new and so they sometimes it takes time so i think there was just a um an understanding that this might take a bit of time to kind of get get to where we we want it to be and um you know and we're still trying to get better and there's still injuries and there always will be but i think they're they, they're coming together at the right time what a pivotal time that was though that you're coming out of a bye week the drawn carter episode happens during the bye week. Carter, and, yeah, the first Ron Carter mentioned and, and it was kind of it, it seems to me it was almost make it or break it time for this this team there was a stretch of west division games riders had already lost to calgary already lost to edmonton there's the bye week there's that carter episode and, and it's like two okay two so it's this is when it had to this team had to step forward when it had to perform it was sort of a pivotal point in the season where it's it, granted it's august but it's if you're not going to get on a roll now, you might not have that opportunity. Did you see it sort of at that point where where it was really imperative that things change in soon? Yeah, yeah. No, I would say, yeah, we all felt the the same thing. Um, but I, I, what I will say about the team, and we had it, I would say, even in, you know, like a last year, when they've had to do that, they've 
tend to have done that. So I remember that BC game last year when we went out there and it, it was just, you know, it was a lopsided loss and, and same sort of thing. And we needed to respond the next week against BC at home. And we did in a big way. And then we went to Edmonton and we beat Edmonton. So we got kind of got on a run. So we needed to do effectively the same thing because, like you said, the schedule just sort of dictated we're playing a lot of West teams. And, and if you're going to sort of make um, make some moves in the standings, those are the times you got to win those win those games. And so so we had a nice nice run there and the team responded. And I think that's been nice to see when they needed to respond, they responded. Obviously, you don't want to be in that situation if you can avoid it. But um, every year there's, there's things you can't control and there's – it's a, like Chris and coaches, coaches across the league will say it all the time. It's a marathon, not a sprint. You're going to go through some tough times. Every single team does it, and you sort of see it. Um, you know, you watch the year. Every single team goes through some challenges, and then it's the good teams that sort of put it together at the end. Also coincided, also coincided that Zach Claris came back, a quarterback too, from injuries at that time. Mm-hmm. So his, yep. you know, it's not, not Jerron Carter just throwing the mention so we get a rec- team record three mentions of Jerron Carter in the podcast, but Zach Claris has returned, and progress since then too and i know it's been Mm -hmm. slow and rob has done a great job of documenting every inch of his progress breaking it down to the millisecond (laughs) but it's been he's been pretty significant and i know as a ceo when you think they're going to sign a quarterback like that when obviously they talk to you did you envision this is the type of game that zach claris was going to have in that progress or way back in january yeah you know obviously chris um yeah of course we talked about those those things um you know but um you know um chris was confident just in terms of having been around Zach and having watched his career and how he understood. And, and Chris is a pretty analytical guy. He looks at stats and records and, 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 and he has a big um, belief in terms of people that have uh, strong winning records and historically tend to win football games. And I think Zach's uh, effectively seven and two since he's sort of been here. So, um, and you know, he had some tough run there at the end in, in Hamilton, but um, Chris sort of had the belief in, uh, type of person he is and how hard he works and the type of player he is and thought he'd be a really really good fit and and i was excited because you remember the zach Kalaros of uh what was it 2014 um 15, yeah, yeah at 15 he was he was outstanding so um so yeah so but he, you know he's coming off of um a, a year where he didn't uh play the, the whole year and then the year before coming off an injury so sometimes that takes a little bit of time but it's nice to see his progression for sure and a bit of a, it was a bit of a calculated risk at the time too because the Riders led the league in touchdown passes last year, and that ordinarily isn't a case for making a change at starting yeah. quarterback. That's yeah. a, but that's not entirely unlike Chris Jones. He's not one to adhere to convention all the time, and sometimes he does things that, that on the surface might not seem like that's the normal thing to do if that makes any sense yeah no for sure and, and i think the one thing i'll say about him is he works tirelessly and he's he's always looking at ways to get make our team better and i think he just you know as much as we had some success last year and a lot of it in, in some cases you know he just thought that we just needed to you know um improve our improve our team and and and, and um you know and, and zach's still a young guy um and that was the other 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 thing is he's uh still a young guy got lots of football left so um yeah no it's it's worked out well so far so maybe we'll give you a chance to hype, <laughs> sort of hype up October eighth game of this Thanksgiving Day game. How important is it from for this team that the last really big rivalry game, I guess, of the season? Or? Yeah, it's it's a imp- really important one because you just look at the standings and where where Edmonton's at, and we don't have the season series yet uh, against them. And actually, they are ahead, right? They've got a seven point cushion and one that came in Edmonton, so it's really important um, to. Um, in the standings and that's I think 
quite quite evident um but again you know you you also want to continue to be playing good football down the stretch you want to continue to progress and 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 also at home we need to uh, one of the things we talked about a lot this this year and we've had some couple disappointing losses at, at home is we need to establish home field as the true advantage it is because uh, you know quite honestly our fans give us a massive advantage there like it's you guys are there it's <laughs> it's loud and it's yeah. there's energy and it's so we need to you know we, get, we need to get to the point where we're winning we're winning those those home football games um and um it's important it's important for your franchise and it's and that's how you know you look at how calgary historically has sort of finished first every year they they don't lose many games at home and so um because it's hard winning on the road like i know it was a tough um you know hard fought uh win in both montreal and toronto but that's hard that's hard to go to those two places um and win. it's hard to win football games in montreal and it's hard to win back-to-back eastern road trips and so we were able to do that so um but yeah you got to win football games at home and especially important ones like this you know the team is four and three at home five and two on the road and mm-hmm. you, know, you you wonder it's, you wonder you know is one of those losses you always wonder if, if you lose a game at home if that's going to come back and haunt you at the end but it strikes me that this is a real opportunity for the for the riders to put a stamp on a home game too it almost almost feels like a playoff game in october considering the dynamics and and all the all the it's just the situation going into it, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, and and that's why it's exciting. Like we yeah. haven't um, we haven't controlled our destiny in a while here, to be yeah. honest with you. And so we control our own destiny if we continue to win win games and and critical games, and we got an opportunity at home. So if you can if you win a home game on on Monday, you um, you've put yourself in really good position to host a home playoff game, which is obviously makes it easier um on the road to the great cup um which is obviously your goal so you know your first goal is always to make the playoffs and your second goal is to host a home playoff game and your third goal is to host you know first place and your ultimate goal is always to win win the great cup and but lots of things have to happen have to go your way for that to happen but when you have the control of your own destiny that's what you that's the position you want to be in this is also kind of tough. I know I would look this up. The riders aren't at home for Thanksgiving Day weekends very often, or as oh. often as they have. Usually, I seem to sense I was on the road a lot. Is there sometime a little bit of kickback that you're taking the Thanksgiving Monday away from the fans to, or is it a better day to have a game of football? A football. Yeah, game we, we haven't heard that to be honest with you. Um, we haven't heard that. Um, that uh, in fact, people have been excited about it, and we've got it's family day too, so we've got lots of uh, neat things planned, and and some of the um, family channel ca- characters are there. So so we sort of position it, uh, and it's it's great. Um, that's a league initiative, and and um, it's it's great because it's you know it's Thanksgiving is traditionally a family based holiday, and so we have uh, got sort of family day, and so it's the games afternoon game so you can still come to the game and um if you're local you can get home in time for for turkey if not um you'll you'll maybe have a, a late turkey uh, sandwich uh before yeah. you go to bed saturday sunday's thanksgiving day the cormac household so yeah gonna be- yeah that's how it was in my place my house too growing up as we had the big 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 yeah. leftovers home. on monday yeah exactly. maybe we'll get a football feast on monday too to go with the turkey and dressing i wasn't gone as far as trying to replicate that atmosphere in Taylor Field in the new stadium it's we don't I, we're kind of almost like a focus group because we're behind glass and we don't really get a feel for how we can tell that the crowd's loud we can tell the crowd that the crowd is intense but we don't necessarily aren't in a position to make that comparison because it's sort of a hermetically sealed environment how has that evolved in terms of uh, the crowd being a factor 
in the new stadium yeah it, it's it's gone really well um it's it's different obviously like the stadium is completely different um um but and we wanted to do some different things too like we wanted to replicate a lot of what made old mosaic great but we wanted to sort of create new traditions and and do some neat new things and then just the stadium itself affords a lot of new things so what i would say is there's a lot of uh people that just sort of um utilize sort of the social atmospheres of the of the stadium and so um to be able to go and kind of go and hang out in the corners and so so there's not as many people necessarily always in their seats um which is kind of neat because you can go meet friends you can go hang out and you can go socialize and you can go cheer from wherever effectively you kind of want to cheer for from so that's been a bit of a different dynamic you obviously couldn't do that uh, in the old stadium you couldn't really go anywhere um, but the roof really makes a, a pretty big impact for the for the noise. Um, it's it's pretty loud and loud in there. But there's some like I can't say enough about the new stadium. But I just go back to that um, lights out game. The ability to like shut the lights off and have sort of an arena atmosphere temporarily and then immediately turn them back on yeah. like that's that's crazy. And in the old stadium, it was like literally it was a half an hour before they even even got light out of the the old lights when you turned them up back on so you couldn't do that so things like that really create a neat atmosphere can create a bit of an arena atmosphere and so so you know it's year two and i would say the atmosphere in there is second to none in, in the league for sure um it's very 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 loud um the old stadium was really loud too considering there wasn't a roof um and um but i think you know proximity is pretty similar you know we were, we were there's a lot of things in the design we were like okay we got to make sure it's pretty close and tight you know like we don't want it to be um, dramatically different. We want to take all the great things from Mosaic and incorporate them to the, into the new one and then create some new things that were cool too. The lights would go out in the old stadium but it wasn't yeah. necessarily by design. <laughs> yeah, design. That, that rain game where it took like forever to come back. Yeah, no, well, that was crazy. Craig, we've asked a lot of your time. I'll give Murray uh, one final question before we wheel him out well, the door I, and put him on the porch. I don't want to have a question. Can I make a comment a little bit? Uh, Rob has a great column going tomorrow on Phyllis Swan who is one of the cities. Mm-hmm. Icons, and she passed away. And her husband, Paul Schwann, was the Paul Schwann Center. There's a Schwann conference in football. And I know it's not a football, but I think it's a great read. And she was a great lady who passed oh, great away. Lady. And everybody, I met her once, I think, and I think she hugged me too. Oh, I love Phil. So I just, uh, it's not, a, it's football related, but I think, uh, I don't know what you mean. Rob she did a was, great job as she was the first off. female director on the, 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 Rough Riders. the Rough Riders. I mean, her husband was a team doctor. Yeah. Uh, she was a season ticket holder for 60 years. Wow. She was at the 66 Grey Cup. Her and her husband, Paul, flew to and from Vancouver with the team. Wow. Yeah, what a what a great lady. Yeah, that's you know. fantastic. Well, I don't always read Rob's com- columns. <laughs> I'll, read, I'll read his This tomorrow. one's a really good. But it's also, it ties into the fact that this is the community ties that we yeah. have with women like Phyllis and... You know, I think Wendy Kelly, another woman who was in, yes. impactful in football yes. and this stuff, and they're all part of this city, and this, and it's just embedded the people that the Rough Riders. And I, I was reading Rob's column today. I thought, yeah, this is the cool parts about the Rough Riders is these people who have meant so much to the team. Oh, absolutely! Like that's the coolest. You know, it's that's our greatest strength is just the the community support and, and the number of people that have connections to the club and, and, and love this, this club. And, and I'm fortunate enough. That's the greatest thing about my job is I get all these really cool letters and these, these cool phone calls about how much the club me, club means to them. And it's like, and, and you know, they, they want the club involved in major milestones. There's a, I don't want to spoil it for the people that are involved, but there's a, <laughs> there's a thing on Monday we're doing, that's just I was asked to sort of be part of, and I'm just like that is so so cool um, yeah. that that they want to do this at a rider game, right? Or this is an important thing for them. So 
It's also a responsibility too, though, to That's be huge. carrying that load, that pressure, because you know that you're not just talking about some football team. This is a mild, this is an embedded part of the community. Yes. Yeah. No. It it means it means so much, and and that's why being part of the community and, and being engaged in the community is so important to us. And you know, and it's great. And we got a bunch of great guys now who are buy into that. You know, I look top to bottom, like you know what Willie Jefferson's doing with our Comico Touchdown for Dreams program, which is. You know, we probably don't say enough about what he's doing mm-hmm. with that. It's it's fantastic. And then Zach to come in and, and Clarence and, and get involved in, in how he's how he's got involved so quickly. It's just, it's great. It's, and Joe Van Johnson. Another Joe guy Van doing Johnson so down, doing things. so many little things and, and lots of great things in the community. And he's just doing it because he, he wants to give back and he loves yeah. it, right? And he's engaging with his teammates and they're, they're doing lots of things. So, yeah, the list goes on and on. I don't want to single out um, some people because uh, it's top to bottom with this team. They, they really give back. Sorry, Rob, I know that wasn't a question, but... No, that's, that's, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned <laughs> Phil. Uh, yeah, we've miss, missed her so much. We could be headed to the Paul Schwann Center maybe sooner or later in our lives. Well, Hopefully not. I'm but. probably closer to it than you are, <laughs> given your recent fitness <laughs> regimen. Craig, is there anything else you'd like to say? You have the floor if there's something you'd like to say. If you have any songs you'd like to perform for us, no, whatever you'd like to do, you have the That'd be the worst carte possible here. thing for your listeners ever. <laughs> no one would ever listen again <laughs> hearing me sing. So No, I'm excited. I'm excited about I'm excited about uh, about Monday. You know, yeah, I would um you know, encourage you to come on out and it's it means a lot to our team to have that stadium full and just the energy of, you know, as we do the introductions, it's just that never gets there's there's not many parts of my job that gets old, but that never gets old. Sort of just to sort of see the crowd rise and the music start on our team, and it's just that's just something special. And so um, yeah, so come come spend your Thanksgiving with us uh, Monday. We've got a fly past. I love the fly past. I love them. my Montreal had two, but it's funny they're from Moose Jaw. Yeah, they're from Moose Jaw. Yeah, they go all the way to Montreal to bring the fly past from. <laughs> the fly pass and the dogs. That's yeah, funny. In these, love the I, dogs. I'm the not dogs. as deeply involved in sort of the game day production meetings as I as yeah. I used to be, but they know like they always send me where the dogs are, and then when the fly pass, <laughs> they know I love the dogs and the fly pass. Yeah. The dogs are awesome. So yeah. where, where do you get turkey at the stadium on Saturday, on Sunday? If you're if it's Monday, Monday. pardon me. If That's you're a having good a question. I, I imagine that um, a lot of our vendors are going to kind of come up with some um, turkey. Uh, themed or some yeah. thanksgiving themed uh, food which is which is neat we've got a lot of uh, neat local vendors and that's that provides a lot of opportunities so the food in the stadium is really really good and it's craft really beer cool. yeah You've yeah there's the a craft, and that's a, a big corner. point because craft yeah. beer is pretty important and that to beer drinkers and it's good yeah, not no. saying it's a pill and whatnot but. yeah no absolutely no molson's been our sponsor been great and so we were able to to open that up to um, have a craft corner which is it's actually been really sell successful. out all the time yeah it's been really successful yeah it's really good Sorry, Rob, I interrupted no, you. No, I was Go just going to... Uh, we could talk forever. We, we could. Um, I, Craig, I apologize for 34 minutes and 35, 36 seconds that you've uh, consumed oh, that's, with us. That's, yeah, that's uh, fantastic. It's been think, fun. I think that's yeah. a record, so thank you yeah. for... Uh, for I know uh, people say time flies when they're with us. I don't know if that's a compliment or is it just the fact that we're so entertaining and engaging that we just... That can't be it. It's got to be the guest carrying us. I don't know. I'm <laughs> sure, Like I said, I'm, between the banter and the big words Rob uses, I'm just lucky to make out of here alive. Yeah. Well, me too. I know those I don't understand things. half the words he's using. <laughs> well, neither do I. I look them up after I write them. Yeah. <laughs> um, Murray, thank you for once again being with us. Craig, uh, what a pleasure it's been to have you join us. Thanks so much for taking more time than you probably expected uh, to be with us today. No, it's been fun. Thank you for having me. Right. So this is number 21. And, uh, Rob, can I just get you to, I'm oh, sorry to interrupt, can you just grab that piece of paper? And... Oh, yes. Sorry, that's our producer <clears throat> coming out from the shadows. We should have the guest read this one. Please rate us on iTunes and leave a review. It helps us grow the podcast. 
So there. Oh, well done. You didn't stumble once. I and nailed it. And I understood every word you said in that. I didn't. Anyway, what's a podcast? Uh, for Murray McCormick, Craig Reynolds, thanks again. I'm Rob Vanstone, and we'll do this next week, and I'll try and remember the little tag at the end. Take care.